T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hit and run, Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. In the air center field, Straw going back at the track at the wall. And the first home run in Sebi Zavala's career. Bye-bye, Lil' Sebastian. 2-0 Sox. 2-0. Sebi Zavala cranks this one to left field. Ramirez back at the wall. Sebi Zavala one more time. This one's a slam. The night of a lifetime for Sebi Zavala. In the air right field. Mercado back at the track. At the wall, it's a third one. Sebi Zavala night. It's time for Hit and Run with your host, Matt Spiegel. Well, 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 good morning to you, baseball people. Hello to White Sox fans coming off a crazy couple of games in a season that uh, is clearly headed towards a playoff berth, a team loaded up and ready for a stretch run and October, a team with things to think about, like, hmm, how do you manage when you have the best closer in the American League and the best closer in the National League now on the same team. Hmm, how do you do that? A team that uh, has things to think about, like, ooh, who's going to be part of the roster crunch when we get Luis Robert, the five-tool phenom that people were comparing to either Bo Jackson or Eric Davis or, 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 or Ichiro or Roberto Clemente last year? Who's, who's going to get that roster crunch? Uh, ooh, how should we use Michael Kopech? That absolutely crazy dominant arm. Not last night, but they think there's a reason for why he wasn't dominant last night. But anyway, how do we use Kopech? Those kind of questions. Those are fun. And then there's other questions on the north side. Like, how do I deal with the pain and the heartbreak that I am experiencing these last few days? I have interacted with a lot of Cub fans in various stages of grief, acceptance is not there for a lot of Cub fans that I know, one of whom I'm looking at right now, my lovely meatball Cub fan wife, struggling. We go through conversations uh, these past couple of days that maybe you're having with yourself or with others, Cub fans. We're like, well, look, uh, listen to what this rival general manager said about what the Cubs did. They did very well. Like, okay, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> She's not ready to accept that. 
And then I show her the back page of the New York Post with Javi Baez and his walk-off, not walk-off, but his home run, that being the big part of the New York Post. And then the little, the little small part up top on the back page is Anthony Rizzo after his second homer as a Yankee. And she gets angry. And I feel like I'm going to get punched. I, fe- I have felt like I'm going to get punched by Cub fans on this radio station the last few days. This has been an interesting time. It's Matt Spiegeler with you on Hit and Run. Sean Anderson is my producer and my cohort. And Sean, I was on the air live when Anthony Rizzo got traded Thursday after that game. I was on the air Friday for four hours, the hour leading up to the deadline as Javier Baez got dealt. And then as we got the Chris Bryant news and I'm processing it and just trying to talk through it. And the people, they are angry out there, my friend. They are looking for something and someone to direct their ire towards because it's frustrating. It's a, it's a very rough weekend for Cub fans as they slowly mm, come to terms with what is happening. And I, Jeff Hoyer does not know how to make a trade. <laughs> Do you think he's going to get something good for Greg Kimball? <laughs> oh, Roberta. Sean was excited on Friday when Roberta called the afternoon show. Roberta from a couple of hit and runs a few weeks back, angry, mid-80s female Cub fan, says she's never going to go back. And none of her family is ever going to go back. And I feel, uh, feel bad for Roberta, even though um, I, think, I think during the, when she called with us, I believe there were five name errors in the first 45 seconds of the call. But that's okay. Her passion is, 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 is indisputable. And it's just, it's an awkward time for the Robertas of the world. And by the Robertas of the world, I mean people ranging from age six to age 90. Had one dude text the show the other day saying, uh, saying, I told my son that they traded Bryant, Baez, and Rizzo. He said, that's it. I'm never going to another game again. He's seven. Seven-year-old kid turning his back on the team and the laundry that he loves. But I think he'll be back. I suspect that Roberta will be back. A lot to discuss. The phone lines are wide open for you all morning long at 312-644-6767. This is also how you text the show. And you can do that anytime, all morning long at the very same number. The Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. We are broadcasting live from the Scores Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And um, we may have a guest at 11 o'clock. It'll be very exciting and very fun if we have that guest at 11 o'clock. And if we don't, then we'll just keep talking to you right up until about 1130 when Cubs pregame comes your way because the games continue. Cubs and Nationals from Washington that was something last night um, to see some guys on both teams. You're like, who are these people? Who are these people on both those teams? You're the great Bob Carpenter on Nationals play-by-play explaining people to you. It's, very, um, it's an interesting moment when those two big market teams decided to be definitive, go-all-the-way sellers. And ended up with lots and lots of pieces to move. The Cubs traded nine guys at the deadline. Nine. But they acquired a huge pile of young people. 
young, cheap people for years to come, some of whom are very, very high on prospect lists already. I was looking this morning, the top 30 prospects on MLB.com for the Cubs. At this point, 11 of the Cubs' top 30 are people they got at this deadline. 11! 11 prospects of the top 30 are people that the Cubs got, Jed Hoyer got, at this particular deadline. There's one more. It's outside the top 30. Actually, there's a few. So Bryce Ball, they got for Jock Peterson. He's outside the top 30. Also outside the top 30. Anderson Espinosa, the starting pitcher they got in the Jake Marisnik deal. That's a very interesting arm. A big-time prospect a couple years ago. A lot of people's sleeper to have a kind of a breakout season a couple years ago for the Padres did not happen he's had Tommy John surgery twice a lot of people have had Tommy John surgery once a lot of people have had it twice and still gone on to pitch so for Jake Marisnik at the deadline it's a great grab I want to talk with you Cub fans I wonder where you are in terms of acceptance and where that is in your stages if you're there at all And if you're still raging, I understand. And I want to do my best to explain anything that I can along the way. And I'm not saying that I have all the answers. What I'm saying is I understand what Jed Hoyer is thinking. I've understood along the way what Theo Epstein has thought. And then when he left, what he thought. And now what Jed Hoyer is thinking. And then what Jed Hoyer said after the deadline. And how people have responded to it. And it's, it's an interesting moment because you have to figure out, all right, who am I angry at here? And what am I angry at? And is everybody all the same? Am I angry at everybody? Is Jed right there with the owner? Or is Jed really just trying to do what's best from a baseball perspective as he finishes up year one of his five-year contract? And that's the thing. Like, imagine, if you will, that you're a fantasy baseball manager. Okay, Um, and maybe you are. I know I certainly am. But imagine if you were in a dynasty fantasy baseball league and a dynasty league is you keep all the guys, you keep your guys and you actually sign them to contracts. I used to be in one. I'm not in it anymore, but it was really fun. And, And you always had to think long term. And we did crazy amounts of drafting and prospects drafting at the end of each of those, uh, those auction drafts for the Fantasy League, for the Dynasty Fantasy League. And you'd sign guys to deals, and you had a salary cap, and you had to manage it. You know what I felt like? I felt like a baseball general manager. But anyway, imagine you are that. Or imagine you are Jed Hoyer in year one. And we can talk about what got them to this point. Plenty. And we'll have time to do that. But in terms of where they are, where they ended up after losing 11 in a row as a fourth-place team, looking at it, with all these guys about to leave via free agency, the decision is, "Ah, all right, we're not going to win this year. I don't know if we'll win next year, but I've got a five-year contract, and I've, I've got a plan. I think in year three, from Jed's perspective, year three, which would be 2023, they're going to be pretty good. They're going to try to be good. They're going to try to be winning. They're accelerating what sometimes takes years and years and years to do. He accelerated it greatly with all these aggressive moves. And the plan really is that 2023. Okay, so maybe next year is a lost year. 
but it's a lost year in terms of competitiveness and not necessarily, by the way, things we've seen strange things happen. They'll have a lot of money suddenly available and they could spend on people. But even if we grant that next year they're going to stink and be a fourth place team again, come 2023, year three of his deal, they are going to hit spring training with they desire to be that surprise playoff contender. And then in year four and year five of his deal, he wants to be great. This is not some massive three years of suck, giant rebuild like Theo and Jed undertook when they got here. Or three years of suck rebuild that Rick Hahn did when he decided they were mired in mediocrity on the south side. And he wanted to revamp things. They had to rebuild the structures of how they scouted, how they developed, change people, hire people, bring in technology, not prioritize winning on the big league level for at least two seasons and really three. And both of them, you watched three seasons of not prioritizing winning on the big league level. That's not the way this is going to be. Jed, Jed has talked very openly before and after the deadline about what he wanted to do, what he did not want to do. And he wants to take a step back for one year, a short step back. And then a step forward. Will it work? I don't know. Just like at the beginning of that plan. Just like at the beginning of Rick Hahn's plan and process. Did we know it was going to work? No. But could you identify the baseball logic in what they were doing? Yes. Can I identify the baseball logic in this week and what Jed Hoyer is doing? The answer is yes. I can identify that logic. And I know some of you can as well. And maybe some of you cannot. And I empathize. And you're angry and you're feeling your feelings and you don't get it. I want to I help you process. But I want to acknowledge that you're allowed to be angry as all hell. And th- that, that anger and that, um, that emotion, it exists side by side with the baseball logic. It does for Jed too. He was talking about, did you see that quote, him talking about Javi Baez, how he remembers scouting Javi and talking to him, or not scouting him, but like, like talking to him at the beginning because that's a Hendry pick. But talking to him at the very beginning, this young kid, he said this young kid from Puerto Rico who was looking down during the meetings, wouldn't look at anybody, shy. And now he's El Mago. He owns the room, is what Jed said. Watching kids like that grow up feels that connection. Still had to make the choices that he made in his mind, and I get it. I wonder if you do, um, and I'm wondering where you are in your stages. Is there acceptance? Is there anger? Is there denial? Is there, I don't, it, I, you know, uh, it, all those stages. It's the Kubler-Ross scale. Um, I remember, was it Tignataro who had somebody? The Keebler-Ross scale. Somebody brought up the Keebler-Ross scale, and she said, no, 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 Keebler, that's the elves. They make the, the cookies. They all live in a tree, and they make the cookies. It's the Kubler-Ross scale with the five stages of grief. So, look, I want to talk to you and hear from you at 312-644-6767. And White Sox fans, the phone lines are open for you as well. Let's mix it all in. How are you with Kimbrell and Hendricks both? Do you like what appears to be the plan from Tony La Russa? Do you like what, uh, what Liam Hendricks has had to say about it? 
Do you believe what Liam has said about it and what these guys are feeling? No egos out there, says Liam. No one's going to be angry about a diminished role. We just want to win. You'll hear some of that along the way. And any concerns the White Sox fans have, I want to talk with you too. Today is a day where we will talk about both for sure. As we go the rest of the season, it's going to be interesting because different things will start to matter. We'll look at these prospects for the Cubs. We'll watch some of them come up. We'll watch people getting their shot for the big league team, like 35-year-old Andrew Romine, like Rafael Ortega hitting 395 since the All-Star break. And we wonder, do these guys matter? Do any of these guys matter? Or is this a Darwin Barney situation where you appreciate somebody, realize they can play a little bit, enjoy them, but you're just kind of passing the time until the guys that matter get here. It's hit and run on 670 The Score. We will talk about Nick Madrigal. We will talk about what Steve Stone had to say about Nick Madrigal. You will hear from players in their new places. You will hear highlights of players in their new places. And we will have discussion up until 1130 on the Cubs and the White Sox in a two-team baseball town where, frankly, it is a great thing that the teams are willing to talk to each other, deal with each other, and make what uh, can be perceived as a very fair trade for Craig Kimbrell. I do not see a fleecing. I do not. I understand some nuance of thought about the pieces involved. Magical is a very interesting one. But there is no fleecing. Anybody out there saying that Jed Hoyer got fleeced, I do not believe that is the case whatsoever. But let's talk about it. You guys hop in at 312-644-6767. You can text as well. Really looking forward to talking with you all and dealing with our baseball business. It's Hit and Run on 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome this man, Greg Kimbrough, into the ball game for the 40th time this year. You can see the numbers are absolutely brilliant. To Ramirez. Struck him out. Three and two. On the ground at third. Moncada on a low hop. That's a nice pick on a hurry. And he beat him. 
Tim, it's short. Wild throw, Abreu again saves the day. It's a one, two, three, nine. I mean, it's it's exciting. It's always it's always fun and a lot more enjoyable to uh, be playing when you're chasing something. And uh, I feel like we're going to be, you know, chasing chasing it all year. And um, I mean, that's that's the fun part about this game. I mean, we're all here working, but like you said, when there's something something on the line and something that we're looking for, it it makes it a lot easier. <laughs> Sweet child of yours, White Sox fans, and no longer yours, Cub fans. It's Craig Kimbrell with a 1-2-3 inning and talking about his excitement level. It is hit and run. Matt Spiegler with you on the score, talking to you about the Cubs trades, the White Sox trades, and the state of baseball in this two-team town. And uh, a lot of uh, grief-stricken Cub fans moving towards acceptance, and maybe some of you are already there. Let's go to the phone lines right now. At 312-644-6767, we'll start with Bobby in Naperville. Bobby, welcome in. Good morning. You're on Hit and Run. How are you? Hey, Matt. Struggling still. Man, the grief is so heavy, like you've described. It's, it's like almost 2003 vibes, but, but worse. The Band-Aid came right off this time, and, man, I am hurting. Well, but, 2003, 2003 um, even as it, it, you know, they lost, you knew they were still probably going to be good in 04, and they were for a while, and then it turned super ugly. Um, but, yeah, this is you probably haven't experienced anything quite like this from a Cubs perspective. That's exactly right. And I, you know what? I think i got a question for you. I think it's probably mostly grief that's turned into delusion. But, you know, as I've been thinking about what just happened, you, you mentioned 11 pro- – in the top 30, you know, what are the chances that Jed sat across the table from Rizzo and Baez and Brian or some combination and said, hey, look, you guys can have a chance to win a ring this year. We're going to bring in some prospects, but then next year get ready because we're going to sign, you know, one or two or three of you to a long-term deal. Is that possibly in play or is that just totally delusional? Boy, um, thanks, Bobby, for the call. Jed says directly that that is in play, open to talking to those guys. I, I don't see it myself. Um, the one guy, I mean, I guess I could see it with Baez. And, and if, I could, if I really stretch, maybe Bryant, because Bryant had always said, like, if they had offered him a deal at 200 mil, he would have signed it. So he denies there was ever a 200 mil deal. But... I, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. We've seen it with Aroldis Chapman in New York. I remember a long time ago we saw it with Ricky Henderson in Oakland, traded him to Toronto, and then signed him right back in Oakland. But, but there's a couple reasons not, not to think so. Um, and, and the real main one is take a good hard look at these players and decide whether you want to pay them the very most that they will ever get paid for their earning peak at full-on free agency right now with a long-term investment, do you want to pay these guys? That's the thing. I know a lot of you wanted to keep them, but do you want to pay them full boat? I think a lot of flaws have been seen. A lot of flaws have been seen by you and by the Cubs front office in these players. And... I, I understand the purely dispassionate, logical decision, if it has indeed been made, to not pay any of them. 
in what is their earning prime, to start fresh, to build different. I, I must say I understand it. I don't, don't want to crap on guys' games on their way out of town, but there's a lot of reason to go a different direction and to try some different things. I mean, who wouldn't want Chris Bryant? I, I, you know, I, I, but at the right price, at the right price. If Chris Bryant's going to get $250 million, do you want to pay him $250 million for the next seven, eight seasons? I, th- I think that's debatable, frankly. It's very debatable whether that is a good idea or not. So I, I don't think it's going to happen with those guys coming back. I, maybe I'll be surprised. Don is in LaGrange and is now on 670 The Score. Good morning, Don. You're on Hit and Run. Good morning, Matt. I, I personally, I'm experiencing raging ambivalence right now. That's not on the Kubler-Ross scale, but um, totally uh, uh I'm very much of a, of a mind to, to reflect on how great these guys have been. I was teary-eyed more than once on Friday looking at the uh, the uh, tribute videos on Twitter. But yeah. logically, I, I think they're doing the right thing. My, my point, my question is, um, if the Cubs were to build a modern-day Cub Mount Rushmore and someone were to argue that Theo Epstein's head should be on it, I'd be 100% behind it, I, I think his contribution will never be fully appreciated by, by all of us. At the same time, I cannot get over the, the idea that some of the mess, a lot of the mess that Hoyer had to clean up on Friday should have been dealt with a couple of years ago when Theo himself said the offense was broken yes. and everyone knew when these guys were going to be ready for free agency and nothing was done about it. The fact is with those core guys on that team this year, it wasn't a real good team, and they're miles behind the Dodgers, certainly, the Padres, possibly. Uh, uh, it just, I, I can't get over the idea that, that uh, again, Jed is having to clean up a mess that Theo should have dealt with a couple of years ago. Thanks for the call, Don. Um, I think when we look back on this window, and we can certainly look back a little bit right now, and we're close enough that we can have some full context here and, and as much wisdom as as is possible in the moment we'll look at a couple of reasons of why it did not continue and why it fell apart and why jed ended up where he ended up and one of them is the uh indecision and lack of uh lack of direction in terms of signing these guys and or trading these guys at peak value like you're talking about There was so much talk of a kind of thread the needle sort of trade cycle where you'd choose which guys you're going to keep and get rid of some guys before their moment came all the way here and you'd reload on the fly and just keep going. None of that happened. And those the choice to not do any of that is is fascinating. And I'd, I'd love to know the reasons why I know they did try and sign them. Jed says they felt good about the extension offers they made, but none of those worked, and they also didn't deal any of them until the end. Kept it going up until the end. Well, not until the very end. These these two months really gave them a chance to at least get something. But the other thing that we'll look back on is very simple, and it is a, a lack of successful scouting and development for like a six, seven year period where very little on the big league club of consequence came out of their own drafts, very, very little. And you can't survive like that. Can't survive in baseball long-term like that. You look around at teams that have extended their windows, teams that keep going, teams that stay competitive, whether it is the eternally efficient Tampa Rays 
or, um, you know, whether it is the big money Dodgers. Scouting, development, hey, look at this guy. Here comes another one. Here comes another prospect. Here comes another one. Here comes another one. It dried up for the Cubs. That's the reason that we're really here, in my opinion. And after 2018, when he said it was broken, they did not fix the big league club. But you know what they did fix is scouting and development. We got a texter earlier who said this, Matt, my concern is this. The reason they sucked when Theo got here is they needed time to build structure into the organization. That structure is what ultimately let them down and got them to this point. I understand, but there's more because after 2018, texter, that's when they moved Jason McLeod sideways and they took scouting away from him. And they brought in Justin Stone as a director of hitting. And they brought in Craig Breslow, or they elevated Craig Breslow as a director of pitching. And they caught up technologically with the pitch lab and with some other stuff that it's kind of passed them by a little bit. They uh, eventually brought in Dan Kantrovitz to be the new scouting director. He's been the guy in charge of the last couple of drafts. He's been uh, a, a very loud and obvious voice as Jed Hoyer acquired some people from Oakland that Kantrovitz knows, as Jed Hoyer acquired uh, a couple of draft picks from one year ago that Dan Kantrovitz scouted well. The kid from the Mets, Pete Crow Armstrong, draft pick of last year. The kid in the Tapera deal, Bailey Horn from the White Sox, a draft pick last year. That's trusting your college scouting people, Kantrovitz and his people. So the good news is they did fix that infrastructure that let them down so now that infrastructure should be and is creating some possibilities i mentioned that top 30 cubs list of uh, uh of prospects and how 11 of the their t t new top 30 are, are people they acquired the top five or six are not new people that's brennan davis and braylon marquez and miguel amaya there's some people uh, Keegan Thompson threw three scoreless innings as a starting pitcher for Iowa last night. Justin Steele is on that list, getting stretched out. And, and we saw those guys being helpful in the bullpen. So they, they stemmed the tide of development failures. Not entirely, but enough to give them stuff. Jed Hoyer said uh, on Friday, said, we've been very short on currency. There's two types of currency in this game prospect talent currency and financial currency we've been very short on both the last few years moving forward they have lots of that currency and they do now they've got a lot of kids some of them will pan out and play some of them will get dealt in trades and they're going to have a lot of money so they can start signing free agents pronto next year if they want you know remember when jed said he wants to uh he was asked after the Darvish deal, would you ever sign, can you ever see the days of signing a big money free agent? And he said, yes, when the bones of this team are ready to be a championship contender, absolutely we will sign. And they will. I don't think that's next year, but it sure as heck could be 2023. Sure as heck could. Let's go to Ron on the south side on 670 The Score. Ron, good morning. You're on Hit and Run with me, Matt Spiegel. How are you, sir? Good morning, Spiegel. Uh, just I'm gonna make three quick comments Re regarding the closers, the, the, you know, the whole bullpen situation with Hendricks and uh, Kimball. I don't see it uh, being a problem. Both of these pitchers are well established. Not like they're jockeying and 
you know, for a big contract or anything like that. I think this team is, I think they're both just willing to win. Uh, the good thing about this with a couple of months to play, um, Tony LaRusso, which really is supposed to be a strip, you know, as far as managing the bullpen. So I, I, I think that'll work itself out. Uh, you, you know, it's interesting. I would like to hear that Steve Stone comment again regarding magical. I think the term he used overdrafted number four. Yes. It, you know what? It's just very opinions and assessments of um, Nick Magical. Some people talk about uh, his defense liability show, but he was really starting to hit before he went down. Um, lastly, on a more of a national level, I love the San Francisco Giants. Uh, that's my uh, second favorite team this year, Brandon oh. Crawford. I, I just find it so amazing uh, that those guys – are still around and 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 playing Posey in the first basement. So I was really happy to see that they was able to get Brian. Want to see how that's going to play out? Certainly the Dodgers are still the the, the, the favorite, probably even more. But I, I I just like those the Giants. I think that was a wonderful move. So those are my comments. Being have a wonderful day. Hey, Ron, thank you. Great to talk to you, as always. The Giants are really cool. I love that they have risen up and not just contended, but led that division for most of the year with the behemoth Dodgers and the behemoth Padres. Um, Big, big news out of San Diego. I don't know who's been paying attention and who is not, but Fernando Tatis Jr., I've talked about his shoulder several times because he separated it twice in the in the spring, once early in the spring, and then uh, in April, and now it's separated again. This is the same shoulder three times this year, and I think there was another shoulder injury, the same shoulder, either last year, the beginning of last year, and they've been trying to fight off surgery and not get surgery, but we'll see. That dude might be about to get season-ending shoulder surgery. That's one of the best players in all of baseball in a massive division. And that that injury is a big, big deal. So he's on the 10-day injured list, but it could be the rest of the season. And if so, do the Padres have enough? After all the deals they've been making? Fascinating. Callers, we appreciate you hanging in. 312-644-6767. Ron teased it. We will let you hear Steve Stone on Nikki Two Strikes. Nick Madrigal, when we come back, he spoke to me and Chris Ranji about it on Friday, and we will talk about the return for Craig Kimbrell next. Top of the hour, <sighs> familiar faces, new places. You'll hear that stuff at the top of the hour. And at the 11 o'clock hour, I think, can we say this now? Can we say this is happening? I think we can. Dave Stewart's going to be on the show. Dave Stewart, three-time World Series champion, World Series MVP, um, longtime pitcher and a terrifying one for the Oakland A's, among other teams. Also, a front office member of the Arizona Diamondbacks and a cohort of Tony La Russa's. Dave Stewart in town. Dave Stewart on Hit and Run at 11 o'clock. Looking forward to that. Don't you ever bring your ass back in here. <laughs> it's Hit and Run on 670 The Score. One and two to Madrigal. That ball is leveled to left field by Madrigal and his first career home run. 
Madrigal bring him home for the first time. He's got a major league home run. And the big smile crosses his face for a 4-1 lead. The 2-1. Line softly to short. Gloved on one hop by Romine. Over to first in time to end the inning. Excellent job by Cody Hoyer in his Cubs debut. Cody Hoyer looked good last night. He's got really good stuff. Remember, before the season, I was talking about Cody Hoyer as like the guy to be the closer if Hendricks couldn't on a given night. Just swap, slot him there. That's when we were thinking that Evan Marshall and Aaron Bummer would be your righty-lefty setup tandem. And now here we are. It's a very different world where Hendricks and Kimbrell are your co-closers with Michael Kopech, the number one setup man. And Cody Hoyer is on the Cubs. Kyle Ryan closed it out last night, but Cody Hoyer will probably get save chances for the Cubs along the way here the rest of the year. Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Uh, top of the hour, we will talk about the uh, familiar faces in their new places, and you'll hear from them. And we'll talk about the return uh, on some of those trades. A lot of people texting and tweeting and wondering about some of that, so we can share some of the details and the upside and or complexities and or weaknesses of some of the prospects that came back. So we'll talk about that at the top of the hour. But Steve Stone joins us on the score a couple of times a week. He was on with me and Chris Ranji on Friday, and I asked him for his assessment of the return for Craig Kimbrell. And he talked about Cody Hoyer for a little while, and then he said this about Nick Madrigal. I believe that he was overdrafted at first round fourth pick in the draft. I think that that's too high for him because I think he is an adequate at best defender. I thought he would run the bases better. He didn't. He was, look, he's a really good hitter who's not going to be impactful. Because of his size, everybody wanted to liken him to Pedroia or Altuve. He's not going to be Pedroia or Altuve. It's just not, that's not the way he swings. But I think he's a very useful player. You like him in the lineup. He's going to get on base. He does that very well. He doesn't strike out. He makes contact. I think that part of it's all good. I think he will get better from where he is now. But like I say, when, when you're 1-4, you got to be a stud. Nick is not a stud. Nick is a, is a good player. But, again, you're going to have some situations defensively where you're going to look and say, you know what, the arm isn't all that good. Um, the judgment might not be great. But those two guys for Kimbrell – I think is a is a pretty decent return. See, um, there's a lot there's a lot there. It's not a fleecing, um, but he's talking uh, openly and honestly about what he thinks about Nick Madrigal. He was overdrafted. See, a lot of those things are true, but that doesn't mean that he's a bad get. Okay, just uh, pretend he's a fifth round pick. Okay, so remove that. Remove round one, number four overall from your mindset now that you've acquired him. Sox fans couldn't, and I don't think Steve Stone could as he was watching Nick Madrigal. And I get it because Nick Hostetler sold everybody, oh, Nick Madrigal, Nick Madrigal, Nick Madrigal, and then people got excited about it and wrote about it. Remember a Dale Murphy blog? (laughs) Yes, that Dale Murphy talking about uh, how Nick Madrigal was going to be the future as the launch angle guys were going to get phased out, as the rules were going to start to change. And, you know, and so it's a lot of hype. 
And you assume when a guy has that skill set, and it's an amazing skill set, like 90-plus contact rate percentage. Look up his contact rate, would you, um, Sean? And his strikeout rate, his, swing, his missing swing rate, if you can. And I'll look it up on, on Fangraphs if you don't get a chance to. I can do it at the break. But he's like far and away number one in contact when he was active and playing in baseball. And like number one or number two in swinging strike percentage. Dude doesn't miss. Outrageous bat to ball skills. Not, Not a lot of. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. In his rookie year, 92.4% contact rate. 91.8 in 2021 uh, uh-huh. in his rookie year 3.3 swinging strike rate 3.7 in 2021 3.7 and while you're there find the leaders around baseball in swinging strike rate this year so 3.7 it's outrageous but you assumed with that skill set with that skill that other skills in the set would be terrific fielder he's not a terrific fielder he's a decent fielder he has, a, he has a pretty pretty soft arm. And you thought that other skill sets would be really good instincts as a base runner. No, no. And you got to have all that stuff in spades if you're going to compensate for the fact that you don't have a lot of power. So, so he, he does not qualify due to the injury, but if he did, he would be number one. He's at 3.7. David Fletcher currently leads at 4.1. Yeah, David Fletcher of the Angels, another guy in that kind of mode. And Fletcher is, is their starting second baseman. Right? For the Angels. And Nick Madrigal, I think, is very likely to be the starting second baseman for the Chicago Cubs for the next five years. And he is a terrific contact hitter. And for those of you who have been watching these Cubs and understand what you've been seeing missing from the lineup, the lineup diversification that has not been there, Nick Madrigal is living, breathing, walking lineup diversification. That's what he is. He will absolutely be the kind of hitter they have needed for a long time. Now, they need to fill in with power with other guys, but you can find that. You can find power. I think, you know, I think Nico Horner and Nick Madrigal as your shortstop and second baseman combination at the beginning of next year and probably for a couple years after, as long as Nico can handle it defensively at short is, is very solid. I like Nico. I like Nico's presence in the lineup. We've talked about Nico and Duffy, how they missed him. Now they'll have Nico and magical. And now you fill in with power and you fill in ideally with power who also knows how to be a two strike hitter and, and have a two strike approach. And this is the kind of team that Jed wants to build He's tired of a certain kind of hitting profile. Those guys are now gone. Now we'll see. The guys you want are the ones with power and two-strike approach, like J.D. Martinez or Anthony Rizzo, (laughs) guys like that. But, you know, look, so Madrigal, flawed player? Yes. Worth being a first-round pick, number four overall? No. I completely agree with that real good get as part of a haul for a year and a half of a closer for a fourth place team. Absolutely. Nuance Madrigal and Hoyer is a very solid return Two big leaguers for Craig Kimbrell to the phone lines. We continue. Jim is in Gray's Lake and now Jim is on hit and run on the score. Good morning, Jim. Hey, good morning, Matt. Um, first of all, Great show. Good, very cathartic, so I appreciate it. Of course. Um, Thank you. You know, 
I'm a Cubs fan. Way to go, Sox, for going for it. I've been dealing with kind of the, the grief and frustration and anger and everything everybody's been talking about. But what helped me, honestly, was this morning reading some quotes from John Lester, of all people, uh-huh. um, with uh, Patrick Mooney's piece in The Athletic. And he I just talked it, about I have it. it open, I have it open right now, and I, I, I haven't read it yet. But you, you go ahead. You, you share with people. What, yeah, what I mean, up. and he just talked about the, the human side of the player which I think, you know, I myself forget sometimes. And he talked about how he had conversations with Rizzo and that in 2014 when Ross got traded, he's like, oh, crud, like this could happen to me anytime. I got to, you know, take care of myself. And that kind of helped me, you know, at least get to a point of closer to acceptance. Mm-hmm. Not quite there, but it's getting there. But it's, you know, I, I'm going to just let it play out and – uh yeah, again, way to go, Sox, and, and let's see what happens with these Cubs over the next couple of years. Thanks. Jim, thanks for the call. Yeah, I'll read the Lester, the Lester quotes and the Lester stuff with Patrick Mooney and The Athletic during the break and can add my own context to it. But, yeah, man, the human side. You guys see Bryant crying in the dugout? Oh, God. It's painful. I mean, Yeah. It's uh, some heavy, heavy stuff. You saw Rizzo and his family walking around Wrigley. Anthony leaning back into the ivy while his family's taking pictures. And Kevin the dog is running around. Heavy, heavy stuff. More on the phone lines. Um, let's try Tim in Palmyar, Wisconsin. Palmyar? Palmyar? Tim, welcome in. Palmyra. Palmyra, there we Palmyra, go. Palmyra, Wisconsin. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for taking my call, Matt. Of course. Um, definitely very hard to see everybody leave, but uh, uh, from a business standpoint, it's the right move to make. You know, you added uh, two Major League Baseball players that will be on your club next year and six or seven prospects in the system. Um, so I think it was well worth it from that standpoint. They were all going to walk at the end of the year anyway. Mm-hmm. I had a buddy call me in June down in Florida and said, you know, the Cubs are real this year. And I said, you know, they, they may be good, but they don't have the pitching. They're, they in no way had a chance of winning a World Series with the pitching that they had this year. Right. And it just wasn't going to happen. So I think the right move was made. And, uh, again, my wife doesn't agree with me, but so be it. <laughs> These are the conversations happening all around town. Me and my wife were at breakfast yesterday at a place downtown um, in, in the city. And there were people at like two different tables talking Cubs. We heard that. Went to a family gathering later on in the day. Somebody showed up in a Cub jersey. Said, I know, I know. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? No, uh, people cannot believe it. Rough, rough stuff for a lot of folks. Uh, let's talk to Marty in Highland Park. Marty, good morning. Thanks for calling Hit and Run. How you doing? Hi. Uh, if the Sox lose today, Cleveland's back in the lost column and about to get its two best pitchers back. Uh, you and I have been around baseball long enough to know there are teams that blow big leads in the last two months. I feel like uh, Cassandra, my fellow Sox fans, see any problem. Uh, there's a, there's a, some fundamental problems going on since the All-Star break, and I'm, I'm not so excited about the future. Tell me, tell me, tell me what you see as the problems. Some terrible defense last night, um, and de- and defense has been an issue and will continue to be an issue while while certain people are forced to play. Brian Goodwin with a rough night, in a couple of different ways. But what else are you seeing, Marty? Oh, uh, primarily completely inconsistent hitting, and inconsistent is a euphemism for for generally very bad. They 
the top hitters, Moncada and Abreu, just aren't producing. And the starting pitching, whether it's the arms are tired or they're not using sticky stuff, this is not the first month or two of the starting staff. You had Sebi Zavala hit three home runs, including a grand slam, and we lost. This is not over yet. Yeah. Thank you, Marty. Appreciate it. Still eight games up in, uh, in terms of games back. Said five in the loss column should they lose today. I hear you. I do. I don't think Cleveland has enough. There, there's, some, um, there's some good players there. Jose Ramirez is terrific. Fran Mil Reyes is, a, is an absolute beast as a power bat. But Karinchak has been exposed post-sticky, the lack of control, very, very hittable, and sometimes the ball gets away from him. That, that thing with Abreu on Friday night, that was terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Then we watched Tony run out there, which was entertaining as all hell. I do not share your concern on the White Sox blowing this division. I do not. Uh, in terms of their quality and looking at them against the very best teams in the American League, yeah, there's some concerns there. You bet, because you're measuring them against Tampa Bay, and you're measuring them against Houston. And the Red Sox and maybe the Yankees. We'll have to see who squeezes in as that other wild card. But, you know, uh, there's time to get some pieces back. And there's time to get some things dialed in. 312-644-6767. Keep the phone calls coming. Dave Stewart in one hour. When we come back, hear from the stars of New York on the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.